G'day and welcome to the Out of the Saddle podcast and this week is our very first international edition. I am in Paris. Uh, I am going to be doing the Paris-Roubaix challenge. For those of you who don't know, um, get out of the rock you've been living under. Paris-Roubaix is a 250-odd kilometre ride um, from Compagnie in the north of Paris all the way to Roubaix, which is right near the Belgian border in the north of France. What makes this different from every other race is the cobbles. Yes, other races have cobbles, but they are not like the cobbles of Roubaix. So I will be undertaking the Paris-Roubaix Challenge, which is a mass participation event on the day before the race, and then with all the, all, all things going well, I'll be at the sideline on the Sunday watching the race as well. So I'll be doing the 172-kilometre route. There is three different routes, 145 and a 70-kilometre route. They all take in varying amounts of, um, of, of the cobbles that will be in the race. However, the 170-kilometre route takes in all 29 sections. Now, the sections vary in length and difficulty, um, and the difficulties are done by a star system. I had a really good chat um, with a guy called Remy from Bikes in Paris, which is a bike shop in Paris. So I'll let him explain more about what what Roubaix is and what, what it takes to finish it. My name is Remy, uh, and I work uh, in this little tiny bike shop in Paris. Uh, I've been lucky enough to ride on the cobbles a couple of times, uh, and I love it. Um, what is like riding in Roubaix? It's fucking fucking terrible um, if you are lucky you have good weather but roads are flat and wind blows a lot uh, and then you're going to cobbles and uh, it, it shakes a lot it shakes a lot uh, the, the, the first cobble I have ever rode um, are the one of Mont Saint-Pével where uh, last year uh, Fabian Cancellara crashed and it's really, really tough. Uh, the, the, the worst part uh, of this race really happens something like uh, 150k after the start in the Trouet d'Arembert. As we told before, it's a, it's a tough road, really, really, really tough. It's a faux plat, a little uh, downhill, not properly downhill, but... Um, you can be really fast, and if you don't, if you don't choose the good, uh, the good way, the the good track, it it could hurt a lot. Uh, you have many, many, many images of a rider with a broken collarbone or all those stuff in the in the Trouet d'Arembert. And um, after that, as the organization says. Uh, there is three main difficult sectors. They are uh, five star rated, and uh, it's first of all Trouet d'Arembert. Then, can you tell me about the star rating? What does that mean? The, um, in fact, the the organization um, have rated the difficulty of the um, sectors, and the worst are uh, rated five stars, then four, three, and two, and there is only. Three sectors with five stars. As I told you, it's um, Trouet d'Arembert, which is 100k from the finish. The other one is Mont Saint-Pével, which is 50k from the finish. And the last and terrible one is Carrefour de l'Arbre, which is 
15k to the finish, uh, something like that. Uh, for me, one of the worst is uh, Mont-Saint-Pével, so the second um, five-star sector, because it's far from the finish, it's a little uphill. If the wind blows, it could be very, very difficult, and cobbles are terrible down there. So what, what's your favourite part? You've told me a lot about all the, all the horrible cobble parts. What's the worst part? What's your favourite part? Uh, um, as we told before, we have been lucky to see the full race last year on TV. It has been full broadcasted. And honestly, I think I love every centimetre of that race because it, there is always something happen. Uh, on the very beginning, you can see guys fighting to make the, the breakaway. Then um, you can see guys fighting for the, the first sector. Then after that, you have the Trois d'Arrobert where guys are fighting to be the first on that uh, on that um, part. I mean, even the even the mood around the, the the race is amazing. I really really love all. I mean, every single centimeter, every single cobble uh, from the from Compiègne to the to the velodrome, it's it's always amazing, and. Uh, what is nice, it's you, you can you, you you can always be surprised by the winner, by what happened in the race. I mean, it's it's just like uh, everything could happen. Everything could happen at any time. We are not in those long and um, terrible stages in Tour de France where nothing happened. Yeah, you can sleep for, I mean, even on uh, the, the, the world championship race, even if you sleep to the last lap, it doesn't matter because everything's going to happen in the last lap. But in Roubaix, I mean, from the first kilometers, you can lose the race, and that is what it's amazing. And uh, for me, this year, uh, I'm sure that Peter Sagan will be uh, very ambitious, Bonin as well, because it's, uh, I mean, we are today, Tuesday, that's it. Uh, in three days, he will stop his career as a pro racer. So he will probably try to catch the, the, a, a fifth cobblestone to put on the mantelpiece at home. What would be, uh, historical? Beat Roger de Vlaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he will be the only one to be, uh, to be with five cobbles uh, at home. So that's, that's really, Exciting, but not predictable at all. Uh, you guys, I've seen last year that uh, anyone could win, and uh, it's the same every year. For my my personal wish would go for a, a Trek rider, Trek Segafredo rider, because as you can see, or not, I'm a I'm a Trek retailer, so I would be very happy that uh, someone with a with a red bike won this year. But you know. Anyway, it will be funny, it will be nice, it will be amazing, and it will be a good occasion to have a couple of beers. So, enjoy the race. So, I'm, I'm racing it on Saturday, or riding it. What are some tips that you can give me to survive the cobbles? Be confident. Choose your way. Don't, don't suck wheels, uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, get your own, your own race. Don't try to to be too fast or too slow because you are with a bunch, do it yourself, do it your way. That's the best, that's the best way to, to have fun. Uh, be careful on the cobbles. Be careful with punctures. Uh, 
put the bottle wrap on your handlebar and enjoy and have a beer uh, on the Vélodrome. Perfect. Thank you very much, Remy. It has been a pleasure. Hope you all guys are going to enjoy the, uh, the race. And uh, let Jasper Steuven win. <laughs> Bonza. <laughs> Bonza. <laughs> All right, so I hung around for another hour, I reckon, and spoke to Remy at his shop there. Um, and apart from him being an absolute legend, he also gave me a few tips and tricks. And one of those tips was to go and ride this this road called Plague Jour. I think my French is terrible, but my ambition is higher. So I've come to this cobbled section um, of a road in Paris he reckons is 30%, as hard as the ones in Roubaix. So I'm just going to go and give it a go now, and I'm going to attempt to talk to you through it. Now, I haven't got my normal bike. I have got a Velib. A Velib is a uh, hire bike, the Paris hire bike scheme. Uh, if you jump on my uh, on my Instagram, you'll be able to see uh, one of these bikes. They are mental. Um, but um, I'm going to give this cobble sector a go. Remy actually has the KOM for this particular piece of road, which is pretty cool. So I'm not going to get anywhere near that, but um, let's give it a go now. So navigating Parisian traffic on a Valive is interesting. Alright, just about to hit it now. Holy shit. Uh, it's bumpy. This bike has suspension. Oh shit, my jacket's coming out of my baguette bag. He said it keeps spinning. So I've got it in my second gear of three. And I'm spinning. Oh my god. This is what I've got to look forward to for 170 kilometers on Saturday. Oh, geez. This looks pretty good to some of the pictures he showed me. But, oh my god. I think we got a red light. It's going to ruin my Strava time. Uh, oh no, we got one. Oh, I'm coming up the gear now. Oh, picking up some pace. Jesus, this is bumpy. Oh my God. All right, we're going to go for the good time. On a Velib. Oh, jeez, that's bumpy. That's bumpy. Through the green light. And... Hey, wow. That was bumpy. Oh, fantastic. All right, well, so I got installed for Saturday. That was tough. Woo. So right now I am sitting in the Roubaix Velodrome. This is literally the thing that dreams are made of. I'm sitting, after just doing a few laps of the velodrome, um, sitting in the in the uh, grandstand, overwatching a few people doing exactly what I did, just living living the dream pretty much. Um, they're setting up for tomorrow, or for tomorrow, but more like setting up for Sunday with the, uh, with the stadium in the, in the middle there. Um, I'm going to do, well I've just picked up my bike actually, I picked up um, my bike from Prompt Cycle Culture. Um, they're a mob who do uh, pretty much all of the cyclist sportives plus two cycling holidays and stuff all over Europe. So um, I've got what looks like it was once a Trek Madone, uh, but they've repainted up in the prompt colours. Looks great. Shimano Altegra um, brought my own pedals, came with a Garmin mount, 
Um, yeah, pretty sweet. Uh, so that was 140 euros to hire that, um, which is a much better option than carrying around my bike for the three weeks that I'm in Europe. So a bit of a win. Um, so I'm going to do what I've done in every other ride is go through the registration kit. I've just finished my registration. So uh, I what you get is you get a bib number, um, a frame number, and a frame number is like awesome. It's plastic and you cable tied to the bike. Um, uh, like the one I sort of uh, dodged up in Australia. So they've really got it dialed here. Um, and the only other thing you get is a uh, top tube sticker with all the parve sections on there, including uh, when food is, uh, and then also how many stars each of the parve is. Now, you, we heard Remy yesterday mention the star rating. Every every sector of cobbles, and there's 28 sectors of cobbles, has a different star rating, one being not so hard, which none of them are one, uh, up to five, which is terrible. And there's only three, five sections. And the one I'm sort of a bit scared about um, is the Forest Arenberg. Um, so that is only 76Ks in. So um, we'll be able to get into that one nice and early before lunch. I've also got my ticket here for the shuttle bus. So now there's a shuttle bus from just near the velodrome. Uh, leaves at 5 a.m. Uh, out to Busseni, uh, B-U-S-I-G-N-Y, um, better French pronunciation will come later, uh, but uh, leaves near the Rubeju at Velodrome at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. So I'm staying in Lille, and it took me half an hour to ride here. So if you do your maths, I'm going to leave Lille before 4.30, which is horrible. But, you know, thinking about that, I better get to bed soon. So next time I speak to you, I will be somewhere uh, on the start line, hopefully. So my name is Pierre. And I'm working with uh, Philip Top from Prompt Cycle Culture. Uh, we have a shop down in Le Bourdoison, and we provide uh, bike rentals, accommodation, and also we sell socks, caps, uh, and other bits and pieces, and we also do bike servicing. So you travel around to all the big rides, or is it just the ones in France? Uh, mainly the ones in France for me, because I work with Phil at, at Prompt Cycles. Um, so mainly uh, the ones we do in Belgium, the Flanders, uh, the Roubaix, and then we go back down to up to airs and usually wait for the tour to come through. So uh, what sort of feedback do you get from people who are hiring bikes? Why do they come to go to do these things? I think what they love is the, the, the different uh, environment that everyone's in, like from riding in their own country versus riding in France or in Belgium. And the beauty about riding over here, especially in Belgium and in France at the moment and doing these races, is the cobbles, the challenges to do what they call the pavé in French. Uh, and the bergs, which is actually the hills, so the cobble hills as such. So it's a real challenge to do. It's a unique experience, and there's really nowhere else in the world that's like it. Now, I'm picking up a bit of an accent here, and it's not French, and it's not Belgium. <laughs> You're an Australian, am I right? My name is Pierre, but I am an Australian. I was uh, actually born in Lille a long, long time ago, and my parents immigrated to Australia in 1968. So it's been a while since, uh, since we've been, so I've got a true Aussie accent. Uh, but I love coming here as well. I was saying, just due to the fact that I can speak French again, which is really great for me. So what brought you back to France? Uh, just really my heritage, really. I really like coming here and speaking the language and being involved. I'm in, in Australia. I'm also involved in um, fitness. So I'm a group fitness instructor with Fitness First Clubs, and I teach cycle classes. So to do that in Australia and then come over to France and cycle the cobbles of France and the hills and the Alps is fantastic. So moving past the challenge, the, the actual race is on Sunday. Yep. Have you got a hot tip for me for who's going to win this year? Oh, look, uh, 
it's hard to say. It's always hard to say with these because, you know, the best of the best are the favourites and the favourites usually win, but this is the Paris-Roubaix and anything can happen in the Paris-Roubaix. As we saw last year with Heyman. Exactly, that's right, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Merci, Pierre. Oh, merci beaucoup et à bientôt. Au revoir. Bonne chance pour dimanche. It's just gone 5am and I've just ridden half an hour in about 4 degrees temperature to a car park for a shopping centre near the Roubaix Velodrome. Um, unbelievably well organised. They've got uh, they've got a number of trucks which they're stacking the bikes up with cardboard in between the bikes and then your truck follows your bus all the way to the start line. There's probably about 30 buses here, um, each with a couple of uh, trucks uh, or lorries, as the English bloke in front of me called them, uh, which will follow your bus all the way to Busengi uh, at the start line before we start. Um, also, pre-warning for today, you will hear some disgraceful murdering of the French language as I attempt to pronounce sectors of Pave, uh, names of towns and stuff, but, you know, bear with me. Um, next time I speak to you, I will be uh, somewhere on the, some section of cobbles, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So I just finished the first section of cobbles. Now that, that was brutal. That was the Trois-Ville Arigi. Look, seriously, I said I'm going to murder it, so I'm going to keep doing it. That was a three-star cobble section. Um, it was pretty tough in sections, but um, the middle section all had sand down the middle of it, so you were able to sort of avoid a lot of the rough stuff most of the time. There was more bidons on the ground than there is at a feed zone at a pro tour stage. It was unbelievable. People were already lost probably 50 bidons I saw on the ground or water bottles. Um, but that was fantastic. I left it with a smile on my face and uh, I've done 13 k's. That was a 2.2 kilometre section. Um, and, you know, only 28 more sections of cobbles to go. Oh, so we just got to the first feed station. Uh, wow. After the first cobble, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like I said, I left with a smile on my face. We just had about five more, some of them with like less than a kilometre in between. Um, and everything hurts already. My legs are fine. We're just my arms, my st- stomach, everything hurts. Um, yeah. Oh, God. So 45 kilometres down. <clears throat> Just uh, went to the feed station, amazing feed station. Um, waffles, we've got uh, cake, bananas, uh, energy bars, sports drink, water, mechanic, um, toilets. It's, you know, everything you could ask for, really. So we've got about 130 kilometres to go. Um, sun's out, it's a great day, but it's still cold, especially for me being an Australian. I just can't get my get my dress right I was I wore a massive jacket down to the start line and everyone else was just sort of rolling around in there in their they're ready to cycle gear so um anyway I've laid up and I'm gonna keep making trying to make it work um uh, cracking on now um this next sort of uh section of of cobbles or group of cobbles has got the um Ardenberg in there the uh the, the forest forest of Ardenberg um that's where Mitch Docker um a rider for Orica Green Edge Australian cycling team uh, had a massive crash last year and really messed his face up, something bad. Um, he now he now uh, reps a moustache because uh, he's got a big scar on his top lip. So um, anyway, so that's, that's one of the one of the uh, five star sections that we've got to go through coming up and 65 kilometres to the next feed station. So 
I'll uh, hopefully I'll be on the other side in one piece. So I just want to give a quick update. I just finished the forest to Arenberg. So the Arenberg forest, 2.4 kilometres of five-star cobbles. It was absolutely, absolutely brutal. I don't think I've ever done... It's like a, a climb that you can't get out of. Many of the other, many of the other uh, sectors had bits of dirt on the side occasionally that you could sort of get retreat from, that you could relax, maybe change gears because you can't really change gears in the cobbles because you probably snap your derailleur so you can do that on this one here you got to pick and stick so i picked a really hard gear <laughs> and you just got to keep going with it and it was just so rough there was no nowhere where it was better than anywhere else it was just all rough um and oh, my the, the pain that i could see like if when mitch docker came down last year oh it would be absolutely disgusting <laughs> Anyway, I'm, I threw that one now. That one's done. All right, back at the hotel. Regrettably, not straight after the race. It's been one day, two showers, and a few Belgian beers from the race, and I still can't wash off the pain that was yesterday. Um, I'm sitting here watching the pros leave, uh, leaving Paris for the, for the pro race. Um, I tried to get some audio from the race, some more audio from the race, but I just couldn't string four words together by the second rest job. So I just I just carried on and got it done. With that big gap, it's given me some time to reflect on the experience, and trust me, there was a lot of lot of things to reflect on. Overall, it was amazing. Um, for someone who watches the Cobble Classics, loves them, um, it, it's just given me a new appreciation for the Cobbles, really. Um, they were much harder than what you think. You sort of look at the girl, she said it looks tough. But until you do it and you just can feel the constant banging and on your every single joint, every single muscle, the vibrations, the dirt, um, the changing, uh, you know, there might be a massive hole where you've got to dodge and then go into a worse part or it's just um, – and you still got to navigate everyone else. You've got to go around people. You've got to get the people past. Um, it was just – it's just like nothing else that I've ever done, um, and I guess that's what you come here for. But it's just really hard to explain. You've got you've got to come and do it. Um, so when I see the pros do it today, because I'm going to head out and watch the race, of course, today, they I'm just going to have this new level of, of appreciation for how tough it is. And they they're doing it twice as fast. They're doing it in a bunch. And they've got more things to worry about. Um, Luckily for me and also for the pros today, the weather was it was exceptional. Um, I, you couldn't have asked for a better, a better day for it. It was cold for me, being an Aussie, but there I saw plenty of uh, plenty of Belgians and stuff uh, just wearing straight jerseys at four degrees in the morning and and with a smile on their face. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was really good experience having all the nationalities there. It was weird because you didn't know. If you could speak to anyone in English, uh, so um, it was probably a bit of silence in bunches and stuff like that. Um, there was one bunch that I thought that I was in a sort of an international bunch. It turns out they were Scottish, um, but I still couldn't understand a word they were saying. Um, but the Belgians were so impressive. You could, you could tell that they were very pl- uh, very proudly wearing the national colours on their on their jerseys, or you know the, the Flandrian um, line if they're from Flanders. Um, and they're very proud and so, so fast. So you're sitting on the cobbles and you just have these guys just cruise past you, guys and girls just fly past you 
uh, twice the speed you're going. Um, a lot of them will be using cross bikes as well. Cyclocross is huge in Belgium, and um, a lot of them um, uh, use their cyclocross bikes, which are pretty much perfect. They've got massive tyres on them. And it was just cool to have, you know, a, a race that was so international. I've been to it. <laughs> Obviously, only races in Australia where ninety-eight percent of the people doing it are from uh, from Australia. So it was good to have this. It's a huge mix because um, we're in the north of France, but it's so close to Belgium. A lot of Belgians came down. Um, so close to England, um, Lille is only an hour train ride from from London. So there's so many British people here, um, and then obviously there's a few Italians and Dutch and all that as well and it's just you get you go to a rest shop and there's there's six or seven different languages being spoken it was just it was quite surreal really um and the whole experience was surreal like coming seeing these these famous sections of parve like, like i said the the forest arenberg was just immense um it's 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 sort of that imposes itself um on television but when you go and see it in person it's just incredible and it was unrelenting cobbles of just huge gaps yes i just i've got nightmares still thinking about it but it was an amazing experience and i'm just so glad i finished that um but you know the uh, carrefour de lab the this sort of second to last um cobble section um was just amazing and they've um got photos there and everything so um yeah no it was a fantastic experience and uh, the fans who are here obviously for tomorrow um well, they're already in place. So you go to the, the, the big sections and there is just a, a sea of camper vans, people um, already camped up, ready, already bearing on. Um, but they're on the side of the road cheering cheering me, cheering the other people as well. It was fantastic. So the the festival um, of Paris-Roubaix is, 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 was already live and kicking yesterday and I'm really excited to get down there today. Um, and p- pulling into the velodrome as well, um, the organisers did a fantastic job of... Um, you know, re- really recreating um, the finish and what it's like, and it was really great to pull into the velodrome, do your lap, and cross cross the finish line with your arms in the air. Um, it was it was brilliant. Um, the only real um, the only real negative, as far as organisation goes, was the the buses were really late. Um, so we had to be um, outside of Rubai at five a.m. to get a bus. It was uh, an hour and a half drive. Uh, to Busigny, uh, Busigny. There you go. More murdering of the French language. Um, but we sat, sat, but we didn't get there till about night, and we parked up about three k's from the from the start line. So I had to get our bikes off the truck and then ride into the start line. It was very odd, um, and so we didn't get to start till nine. So we, was, oh, I was, we were sort of sitting on the bus for an hour and a half in the in a car park in a Rubé shopping centre. Um, I don't know why, um, but we were. So, um, which made it, you know, us start very late, which is a bit annoying, um, which meant I didn't get to finish till almost six. And I just really wanted to go to bed because I was just, I'd been up since 10 to 4 that morning because I had to ride half an hour to uh, Roubaix from my hotel because it's something I didn't organise, but um, yeah, my bad. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that was the only negative. The rest of it was just fantastic. There's plenty, the, the feed stations were great. The, um, support was great, and uh, like I said, the finish was fantastic. Getting into into Roubaix. So, I'd, for anyone who is think, is thinking about doing it, you, you need to. Um, you need to do it if, if for nothing else to get that appreciation for um, for watching the pros do it and how, and how hard it is. I absolutely recommend it. Obviously, it's 
for coming from Australia, it's 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 uh, you know a bit of an expense and a bit of an outlay. But as far as a once in a lifetime opportunity goes, do it. And if you're going to do this, I would come a week earlier and do the Flanders one before. I caught up with a um, with someone who did Flanders the week before, um, and they, they, he did the double. Um, so um, the Flanders Challenge and the Paris Bay Challenge. And from all re- all reports, the Flanders Challenge was as good, if not better, um, uh, as far as organisation goes um, and participation. There were seventeen thousand people that went to the Flanders uh, uh, Flanders Challenge, which is. Um, you know, that's incredible. It's twice as many that came to the Paris Bay ones. That's fantastic. So um, my suggestion would be to, if you're going to do it, do both. Um, bring your bike, do both, and maybe if you want to carry on and do a bit more riding around Belgium or, or France afterwards, make a great holiday out of it. All right, that's it for me uh, for this episode. Uh, I'm about to head off to Carrefour de Lab, uh, where the uh, where I'm going to be watching the uh, Paris Roubaix race today. They've already started, but they're probably about five hours away from getting there, so I've got a bit of time. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any whatever platform that you listen to the podcast on. Uh, that way, you never miss an episode. And to stay up to date with me and what I'm doing, um, jump onto the Out of the Saddle uh, Facebook and Instagram, guys. Thanks for getting out of the saddle with me. Never a man to defeat Always trying to compete But I just defeated myself Just defeated myself